All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this evening and go to Revelation chapter 21, 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. Man, let me say it's been, it's been a blessing to be here today to me and my wife. And boy, we sure have uh, enjoyed ourselves. Our hearts have been stirred and blessed. And uh, man, it's, it's been good. And really not any words to express how uh, thankful we are to be here. Uh, Pastor said we had dinner today. He left off an adjective. We had Thanksgiving dinner today. Amen. My soul, it was on. And uh, it was tremendous. Amen. And thank God for all the kindness, the hospitality, the words of encouragement. And uh, I, I am blessed to be here. And, I, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to have come. Now, I'm of the persuasion that I'm not going to recommend a product unless it has helped me. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to give you something this evening that has helped me uh, to give me some hope, to give me some uh, encouragement, uh, to give me some revival in my spirit in these crazy days. And that is the fact and the reality that for the child of God, this existence on planet earth is not all there is. Amen. As a matter of fact, the best is yet to come. Uh, one preacher said that for the lost man, the unbeliever, this is as good as it gets. But for the child of God, this is as bad as it gets. Amen. So our prospect is very bright. Amen. And, and getting a renewed vision of our future, giving a renewed vision of our hope has really helped me in these days. And I hope and pray it will be a blessing and a help to you. Uh, I tell you what, let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. And I'll let you stand and I'll read our text, get pastor to pray. And then we'll give you what the Lord's laid upon my heart this scene. In Revelation 21, verse number 1. Of course, John writing here. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Pastor, you pray God just put his touch and power on the word this evening. May he take the scriptures and rightly divide them. And Lord, as he preaches, may the word of God fall on receptive hearts and minds and Fertile soil, I pray, Lord, that you'd be magnified and glorified 
as a result of this message, as we turn our hearts and our attention to the scriptures, Lord, your precious, perfect word of God, may it minister to God's people tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And you be seated this evening. Famed science fiction writer Isaac Asimov made this statement. He said, I do not believe in an afterlife, so I do not have to spend my whole life fearing hell or fearing heaven even more. For whatever the tortures of hell, I think the boredom of heaven would be even worse. Here's a man who said, I don't believe in the afterlife. He said, because I don't want to walk around the rest of my days fearing the tortures of hell or fearing the boredom of heaven. Now, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. After doing some studying about heaven, after doing some reading about heaven, looking at what God's Word says about heaven, there are a lot of adjectives that I could use to describe heaven, but I promise you this, my friend, boring is not one of them. Amen. Honey, I'm afraid we are, I believe with all my heart, our most exciting days are ahead. Our most fulfilling days are ahead. Our most thrilling days are, our most exhilarating days are ahead for the child of God in eternity. Let me give you this. Just, just a, a quick overview. If you want to grasp and just kind of get a quick handle on what heaven is going to be like, I believe we can find that in verse number 5 in our text where John said again under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, Behold, I make all things new. Notice he did not say I make all new things. Heaven's not going to be a place of new... It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be strange. It's not going to be foreign. But I believe for the child of God, heaven is going to be everything we love. Everyone we love. Every place we love only upgraded. I want to say that again. Amen. I believe heaven for the child of God is going to be everybody we hold dear. Everything we hold dear. Every place we hold dear. Only made new and upgraded. Amen. Praise God. Heaven's getting an upgrade. Planet earth is getting an upgrade. Praise God. I'm getting an upgrade. Amen. If you're saved, you're getting an upgrade. But then my mama died in 1998, uh, just body racked and ravaged by pain and sickness. My daddy died in 2011, his body racked and ravaged by dementia and Alzheimer's. But praise God, there's coming a day, mama's getting an upgrade, daddy's getting an upgrade, and praise God, they'll be healthy, and they'll be new, and the best part, hallelujah, I'll get to see them again, amen. So heaven is, is a place where not all new things, but all things made new. Amen. How many of y'all noticed in the Bible that God likes threes? Yeah. 
Have you noticed that? God's a triune being, Father, Son, and Spirit. Time is past, present, and future. Uh, a matter is a liquid, solid, and gas. Amen. Humans are body, soul, and spirit. And it should not surprise us that heaven is a triune place. Heaven consists of the new heavens, the new Jerusalem, and the new earth. Amen. I will say that again. Heaven consists of new heavens, new Jerusalem, and new earth. I want to give you three points this evening, and, and I'll let you go. But the first thing I want us to look at tonight is the architecture of heaven. The architecture of heaven. Now, the only part of heaven that will be totally unfamiliar to us will be the New Jerusalem. Now, now, let me stop just here a second. You say, Brother Russell, I understand why planet Earth has got to get an upgrade. Look at the mess we're in. But why does heaven have to be, have be upgraded? Because heaven has been contaminated by sin. Satan led a rebellion in heaven. Satan reared his ugly head in heaven. There's been battles fought in heaven. So not only do we have to get upgraded, praise God, heaven is going to get upgraded. Amen. But the only part we're unfamiliar with is this place called the New Jerusalem. Let's look down verses 9 through down through verse number 16. The Bible says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will shew thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high and had twelve gates and at the gates twelve angels and the names written thereon which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On these three gates, on the north great gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. Before we look at the architecture and the dimensions of this new Jerusalem, let me give you a couple of facts. If you got in a rocket ship and went 62 miles straight up, you would be in outer space. Amen. No gravity, you'd be floating around. And praise God, you better have an oxygen tank. Amen? 62 miles straight up is outer space. The International Space Station is 254 miles up in outer space. Folks, the New Jerusalem is 1,400 miles high, 1,400 miles wide and 1,400 miles deep. In other words, if you are at the top of the New Jerusalem, you're looking down over 1,100 miles at the International Space Station. That's pretty stinking big, amen? If you got in your car and drove 60 miles an hour, it would take you 93 hours to drive around the New Jerusalem. 
If you've got the world's fastest elevator, amen, it goes 46 miles an hour. I think it's over the United Arab Emirates. It would take you over 30 hours to ride to the top of the New Jerusalem. Amen? You better pack your lunch. And if you're over 50, praise God, there better be a bathroom in that elevator. Say amen right there. Amen? 1,400 miles high. Are y'all still with me tonight? If you divided that by modern standards, that's over 600,000 floors. Each floor having 10 billion, 348 million, 800,000 square feet. How would you ladies like to mop and vacuum that every day? Amen. I know where we're at, but has anybody ever ventured down south to the Biltmore House in Asheville, North Carolina? A few hands built by George Vanderbilt. Uh, I believe it was his largest home. He had uh, the Biltmore House, 250 rooms. 40 of those are, are bathrooms. He must have been over 50, say amen right there. 250 rooms, 43 bathrooms, 175,000 square feet in the Biltmore House. Each floor of the New Jerusalem can hold 59,136 Biltmore Houses. The entire New Jerusalem can hold 35,481,600,000 Biltmore Houses. Kind of brings into perspective Jesus said, in my Father's house, he didn't say there's many rooms. He said there's many mansions, amen. Kind of brings that into perspective. I think there'll be plenty of room enough for us, amen. Y'all may have heard of an old, of an old uh, preacher named Billy Kelly. Somebody said Billy Kelly was in Asheville and he went to the Biltmore house and somebody said, Brother Kelly, what'd you think about the Biltmore house? He said that was pretty nice, but when I get to heaven, I wouldn't have that for a chicken coop, amen. <laughs> amen. And do y'all understand, this is just the new Jerusalem. Doesn't count the new heaven and the new earth. Now let me ask you a question. Is God going to make all this room? Is God going to prepare all this? Is God going to do all this and then just lock us in a giant Baptist church for all eternity is where we just sing and preach? Absolutely not. Amen? Praise the Lord. I doubt there'll be any Baptist churches in heaven. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Won't be enough Baptist to have one. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, praise God, that's going to be exciting just to see the architecture of heaven. Say amen right there. And then let me look at not only the architecture of heaven, but number two, I want us to look at the atmosphere of heaven. The atmosphere of heaven. Let me say first of all about the atmosphere of heaven. There's going to be the perpetual presence of God. The perpetual presence of God. Look what he says right here. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. It does not say that every Sunday 
We're going to load up on white buses driven by angels and ride the church in heaven to see God. He's not going to say, are you shiftlet crowd, get on the S bus, and you Russell crowd, get on the R bus, and we're going to go see God. The Bible says that wherever we go, whatever we're doing, whether we're exploring, whether we're fellowshipping, whether we're working, whether we're eating, wherever we go, whatever we do in heaven, God's presence will be forever with us. Amen. You ever gotten a good service or gotten your prayer closet? And boy, the presence of God just show up and stir your soul. Has that ever happened to you? Praise God. Can you imagine that? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, walking constantly in the glory and the power and the pure presence of God. Whatever. You say, Brother Russell, you said something about eating in heaven. Are we going to eat in heaven? Man, if you can't eat in heaven, I ain't going. Sure we'll eat. Sure we'll fellowship. People say, do, 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 are we going to know each other when we get to heaven? Romans chapter 8 makes it clear. This body right here is going to be redeemed. Hey Amen. I'll know you. You'll know me. Praise God, we'll fellowship. And whatever it is we do, wherever we go, we'll be in the perpetual presence of God. Amen. Then I like this one. This is probably my favorite one right here, verse number four. Not only the perpetual presence of God, but number two, the perpetual peace of God. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Most of us know that the Chinese named their years. They had the year of the dog, the year of the cat, the year of the monkey or whatever. If I was Chinese, I would call 2020 the year of disturbances. Could I get a witness? Huh? I don't know. Man, we had the deal with... COVID, my ministry, all that went on. Uh, COVID ripped through our church. We had 70 cases in our church, two deaths. Huh? Everywhere you look, there was disturbances going on. Financial disturbances, health disturbances, political disturbances. Seems like 2020 was the year of the disturbance. But praise God, we're going to a place there won't be any more disturbances, amen. Honey, we'll walk in the presence of God for all eternity. And praise God, we'll walk in the peace of God for all eternity. I just got to the point in my life when, when things start going real good, I get nervous. Because I know the shoe's getting ready to drop. I know that when things are going good, all the devil's doing is reloading Amen. All I know he's doing is getting ready for another attack. But you know what? Can you imagine going to a place 
Well, you don't have to worry about the devil sneaking up on you, trouble sneaking up on you, problems sneaking up on you, death sneaking up on you, cancer sneaking up on you, divorce sneaking up on you, or any of these horrible things. It'll be a place where not only the perpetual presence of God, but the perpetual peace of God. And then I like this right here, the third one, atmosphere of heaven, the perpetual presence of God, the perpetual peace of God, then the perpetual people of God. Look at verse number 8. He says, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Obviously, I hope you know, and obviously I hope you believe that being a chaplain in a prison, that I love people. Amen? And God has given me something in my heart to love the unlovable. To care about people that most of society doesn't care. And I do love people. I genuinely love people. But I will say this, people are getting harder and harder to be around. People are getting wicked. Amen? People are getting vile. People are getting ungodly. Our nation has changed. Our country has changed. Our nation's people have changed. Amen? And I want to tell you something, people are getting more vile and more difficult to be around. But do you realize when we get to heaven, everybody's going to believe the way we believe. Everybody's going to worship the same God we worship. Everybody's going to stand where everybody else stands. And praise God, we'll be perfect unity and perfect harmony with everyone for all eternity. Amen? My wife will tell you that in a little while, I think we're going to get something to eat We'll load up our car and start heading home, and we'll get quiet. I'll get quiet, she'll get quiet. And after a little bit, I'll look over at her, or she'll look over at me, and she'll say, man, I can't believe that's over. We've been looking forward to coming, and now it's over. And uh, there's churches, I'm going to be honest with you, there's some churches we're glad to get in our car and get on down the road. Hello. There's churches like this that we have a bond with and we click with and we jive with. Amen. And like I said, boy, it's gonna, we're going to get in that car and it's going to hit me, it's going to hit her, and it's going to get real quiet there. And we're going to be like, man, it's over. we got to go. But you know what? One day, praise God, if we want to hang around for 10,000 years... Praise God. Yes, sir. Hey, man, why have to rush through anything? Why have to worry about getting ready to go to work on Monday? Why have to worry about being here or being there? But we'll be able to hang around the people of God for all eternity. Amen. The perpetual people of God. So we've seen the architecture of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven. And then let me give you this one right here. I want you to see the action of of heaven the action of heaven I'll give you this and we'll we'll knock off here in just a little bit look at verse number 23 the Bible says and the what's that third word 
city. How many of y'all ever been to a city? Amen. Man, I tell you what, I, uh, uh, I, uh, uh, Baltimore's like heaven. I can think of a lot of adjectives to describe Baltimore. But boring is not one of them. You ever been to a boring city? Amen. I know. I don't know if y'all get down south much, but has anybody ever driven through Atlanta? Oh, yeah. Come on. Had a man bragging to me. He said he's been saved for over 40 years and hasn't cussed one time since he's been saved. I said, buddy, drive through Atlanta at 5 o'clock and it'll all come back to you. Amen. I've never cussed driving through Atlanta, but if you'd have wrote it down, I'd have signed my name to it. I'll tell you that. Amen. Why is it? Because it's a city. There's action. There's things going on. There's people to see, places to see, things to do. What he described, heaven, he said it's a city. Amen. Action. People to go see. Things to do. Amen. Places to go. Then look what he said right here. Verse number 24, the Bible says again that third word. And the what? Nations. How about that? Nations in heaven. You say, Brother Russell, are they going to be like Chinese and Japanese? I, I don't know. The Bible said they're going to be nations. I traveled all over the world for nine years. Never went to a boring nation. Nations are places where things are happening. People are doing things. People are going places. Amen. Now look what he says right here. Verse number 24. The Bible says, And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Say, Brother Russell, who are those kings of the earth? I'm glad you asked. Go to the first chapter of the book of Revelation. Chapter number 1. I tell you what, let's start at verse number one. Chapter one, verse number one. Y'all there, holler amen at me. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne of God. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6, and hath made us, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. How many times have we read the Gospels and Jesus gave those parables and over and over and over again he said, if you'll be faithful over a few things, I'll make you what? Ruler over many things. I'm not claiming to have all of the answers, but I do know this. The Bible is clear. You and I are going to be involved in helping Jesus Christ 
maintain and manage his kingdom through all eternity. Amen. Amen. I don't understand what all that means. You might be looking at the new mayor of Baltimore. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He looks real thrilled about that. Hello? I might be the new mayor of Mountain City, Tennessee. I don't know. But I do know one thing. We're all going to be involved in helping Jesus maintain and manage his kingdom. Let's look at one more verse. really gave me some insight into what this may involve. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9. Really gave me some insight into this. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's look at verse number 6, our favorite Christmas verse. The Bible says right here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Here's what I want you to see. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. What does that mean? It means the government and the rule of Jesus Christ is going to be expanding and growing through all eternity. I understand the known universe is 93 billion light years across. Amen? In other words, if you got a car that could go the speed of light, it would take you 93 billion years to drive across the known universe. The number of planets, I'm just going to give you this, that they estimate in the known universe is going to be one with 25 zeros behind it in the known universe. And guess who's going to be involved in helping Jesus Christ manage, maintain, and expand His kingdom through all eternity? We are. Amen? I don't understand what all that entails. I don't understand what all that's going to be involved, but I know we serve a good God. And it's going to be good. Amen? And we're going to be busy, and we're going to be involved, and we're going to be active with the Lord Jesus Christ, helping Him, assisting Him through all eternity. Now, how many of y'all have ever heard this statement? I was told this as a young Christian. Don't be so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good. I have been saved for 35 years. I have never met anybody that was so heavenly minded that they were no earthly good. And I've met a lot of people. But I tell you one thing, I've met a lot of people that were so earthly minded they were no heavenly good. And I have learned 
especially through everything we've been through, especially through the disturbances of this last year, that a good, healthy, vibrant anticipation of heaven will help you through life's road. And I think it would do us all good to get a little less focused on this world and get more focused on the next world. Amen. And I believe if you want revival, if you want some uh, 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 stirring and some uplifting and encouraging in your heart, start disconnecting from this world and start getting more connected to the other world. Amen. (laughs) Boy, something just popped in my head. Hey man, this just popped in my head. I ain't going to charge you any extra because it wasn't in my notes. When an inmate gets close to going home, I can't tell you the number of times that I've looked at him and I say, young man, it's time for you to get your mind out of this cell and start getting your mind out there. You going home, you need to start thinking about a job. You need to start thinking about an apartment. You need to start thinking about a career. You need to start getting your mind out of this cell and start getting out there. And let me say something. I believe it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to get our mind off this mess down here. Start disconnecting from this mess down here. Start pulling away from this mess down here and start focusing on what we're going to be doing over there. I believe it's getting time. I believe it's getting time. Amen. And praise God, we need to learn to operate and live like pilgrims again and realize we're only passing through. What's really important is waiting on the other side. Amen. Let's stand our feet. Tonight, pastor's coming. Head bowed, heads bowed, eyes are closed. Again, I want to throw out the lifeline. Maybe you're here tonight and I preached about heaven. But you say, Brother Russell, if I died right now, I know I'm not going to heaven. I have no hope of heaven. I've never received Christ. I've never been born again. Never trusted Christ as my Savior. So, Brother Russell, would you pray for me? I give you my word again just like this morning. I won't embarrass you. I won't call your name out. just want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up and down? Anybody? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven when I die. I've never been saved. I don't know Jesus Christ. Just slip your hand up and down real quick. Anybody? Amen. You want to come, Christians, you want to come join these that are already in the altar? Ask God to start getting your focus on what's really important. Getting your focus on what really lasts, the eternal things. Amen. Do you anticipate heaven? When you think about heaven, does it excite you? Does it energize you? Does it revive you? I hope it does. If not, why don't you come ask the Lord to help you. Get heavenly minded. I believe it'll revive you. I believe it'll stir you. And I believe it'll strengthen you for these days ahead. Pastor, you come.